Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to this Chargers podcast. I am your host, Fernando Ramirez, joined as always by Lorenzo Neal, number one on the field, number 41 on the field, number one in your heart. Lorenzo Neal, how are we doing today? <laughs> my man, it's been too long. You can know. my tagline, number 41 <laughs> in your program and number one in your heart. Man, I, I'm doing absolutely great, man. Summer is here. Football season is right around the corner, kicking off tonight with the Hall of Fame game. You know, with the, the Cowboys tonight and the, and the Steelers right tonight. Yep, um, yep, yep. The Hall of Fame game. Man, Fernando, can't wait to watch that. Watch a couple quarters and see the young talent around the league. Exciting times, man. But, man, I know that's going to be exciting tonight. But that's, 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 we'll talk about that later. How about them Chargers? What's going on? You've been in down there since down south. You're at training camp every day. You're watching it go down. Tell me what we're seeing and tell me what you like, baby. Man, I've been sweating buckets, Lorenzo, trying to get everybody the information that they need, trying to get everybody uh, some, some of the things that I've liked, some of the things that I haven't liked. But I'll tell you right now, Lorenzo, there are a lot of players that have bought into what Brandon Saley, is, the new head coach, is feeding them. He, uh, uh, defensive tackle Linval Joseph, he's been in the league for 12 years. He said, the, uh, he basically said Staley is probably the best coach I have ever been, uh, coached by. And, and he, they haven't even touched the field yet. So that it, it's incredible to see the way the players have bought in. Uh, there's been a lot of really good play in practice. It's, it's been really interesting, very hot, very early start with Anthony. It was 10 AM now with Brandon, it's 9 AM. So it's been a, it's been uh very interesting so far. Well, hold the press, baby. Time out. I got to press rewind. <laughs> Here we go. You said the coach players are saying one of the best coaches they've been around a guy that's been in the league for 12 years. Go back and recap. What did you talk about how they're getting after? You're talking about how things are different. What is the biggest difference that you're seeing between what you know what you had in Lynn and, and, and the new coach there? Tell me the comparing kind of contract that, that, that you see the biggest difference. It doesn't have to be good, it doesn't yeah. have to be bad, but what's the biggest differences? Uh, these guys are literally stretching a lot longer than I remember Anthony would have them stretch. They're doing something called activation where Brandon Saley was with the strength and conditioning coach in um, in Denver a couple of years ago. So he's doing this thing where they're really stretching out their whole body, making sure their body wake up, wakes up. That's why it's called activation. And uh, it's really to get the body going, make sure these guys are really stretched out. They're getting up. They're getting ready. The guys are honestly, I'm telling you, they're fired up. Anthony uh, or Anthony uh, Brandon last week, uh, I caught a video of him and Keenan Allen uh talking and keenan you could hear keenan tell him man i'm open just give me the ball the whole time and he's like keenan we got to get other players involved so it's been it's been really interesting to see the way he interacts with the players he's also calling plays on defense so that's been very interesting uh he he has he has the radio he's calling in plays um they're real they're simulating game-like situations so the play the coaches stand away usually you remember the coaches would be right around the players and everything yeah. these coaches are staying away from the players they're radioing in and they're telling players hey uh 25 i need you in there at safety hey uh, 33 come off stuff like that but they're really staying away letting the players kind of dictate and decide out. yeah figure it out exactly kind of the way phil jackson used to do with the lakers when they were down he wouldn't call timeouts he'd let them figure it out on the court and hey, wait, see if wait, they wait. Could. Too, too, too soon i mean 
the Lakers reference too soon. My the bad, Lakers, my bad. Yeah, I mean, too soon. I mean, Fernando, you guys went and got Westbrook. The guy's a bum. I mean, what's the matter with Westbrook? He's a bum. The Lakers did not get any better. I know you want to throw that reference in there, but let's say Phil Jackson when he was with the Bulls. That's where he was at first, the Bulls. So now you want to throw that Lakers in there. It's okay. But back to the game, back to the nature at hand. I'll tell you, when you're talking about what coaches are doing, activating the muscle, those are very things that, you know, that is that it's great. I've had some coaches that did that. And right before practice, the stretching is a lot more intense because you're doing like more Pilates holes and stretches. So you want to open up, get those muscles already pliable. So when you get out there, guys don't pull. They've already stretched. They've already loose. And this activation is getting you to hold these different poses. And guys like that, usually you're pretty, got a good lather going. You're yeah. pretty much sweating after you get done just with that type of stretching because it's a lot different than just regular calisthenics how people are used to one, two, three, one, one jumping jacks. No, it's a lot different, this type of active stretching. So it's good to see that, but it's good to see like coach interacting, like you said, with Keenan. So it's it, so Keenan's telling me he's open. He's like, look, we got to get everyone else involved. And and the fact that you alluded to when the coaches have their mic microphones or the walkie-talkies and they're communicating with the players. Because coaches want to see how smart their players are. Yep. Coaches don't want, and, and that's what I think this is great that coach, the, the coach is doing because he's saying, you know what? I want Coach Sade is saying, I want to make sure that I have smart players. I want to see who's in the playbook that now the coach is not saying, hey, you got the down blocker, you got this, or you got a pool, you got to do this. The coach wants to see how many guys can get in the huddle, understand the play, get lined up. Now alignment and assignment. And that's what they're doing. So he wants to simulate game time because coaches can't be in the huddle during the game. I like what he's doing. I like where he's headed. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, you've seen it already rub off on the players. I mean, there was players last year where, where some of us as the beat writers we would question how good they were, if they were, if they had, like, maybe they had the talent, but maybe they were used in different ways. It, it, and you really don't know. Now you see it. And I mean, obviously, it's only seven days into uh, training camp. But you see guys like Nazir Adderley, who's a former second-round pick. He's out there making plays, uh, knocking balls down, batting uh, batting balls down. Alohi Gilman is a safety, uh, was a rookie safety last year from Notre Dame. We didn't know much about him. He barely played for the Chargers. And out here with Staley, he's this, uh, he's using him as his third safety, and he's out here making interceptions, like I said, in their fielder. So it's like, whoa, like where where is this coming from? So there there are guys that are really stepping up. Um, it's funny because uh, one of the biggest, uh, I mean, besides Justin Herbert, everybody's looking at Derwin James. Is he healthy? Is he coming back? Is he ready to go? Man, Derwin right. James four plays into yeah. eleven on eleven lays out Justin Jackson. He runs up, spears him, and just nails him and gets up and everybody erupts the fans erupt the players erupt even some of the coach were like okay derwin so hey it, it, it right now oh, so he's bringing so derwin's good. bringing the hammer oh so derwin's bringing is it safe to say that derwin's bringing the hammer is he lighting guys up out there you should call him thor right now because he is he is lighting that thing up wow he he is laying he is wow. excited to hit and you know what they've only they've only practiced in pads uh, I think Monday was the only day, and that was it. So Friday, no Saturday. Days? What's up with the no double days, buddy? Lorenzo, how old are you? Where? Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> this is the new. Oh. This is the new generation, Lorenzo. <laughs> wow, Fernando! Wow, I remember double days three times a day. I can't believe it. 
Are you got to tell this? You got to tell the stories. I think the listeners would love this. I'm telling you about Double Days. You met a Hall of Famer, well, yeah. guy, good friend of yours, Hall of Famer, Andre Andre Reed, who played for the Buffalo Bills. You know, uh, didn't win the Zumbo, went there four times. But kind of when you talked about Double Days, what did he say to you when, when he when he mentioned Double Days? What did you tell him, and what did he say about how football is now? So Andre was Andre's hilarious. He's he's hilarious. Uh, we, I mean, I've known him in the past, so he's a he's a really cool guy. Always, uh, he he says, what did he say? He said he played in the league for about twenty for about twenty years. He said the I, last couple of years he was like, ah, well, maybe one more. Well, maybe one more. Ah, okay, we'll go one more. But he's like, man, if I had this schedule that these guys have to get, he was talking to Corey Littleton, the linebacker for the uh, Raiders. He's like, man, if I had y'all schedule, he's like, I would have played 25 years in the league. He's like, no two a days. Like, are you guys serious? One. And I just started laughing. And the first person I could think of was my buddy Lorenzo. Cause I knew <laughs> Lorenzo would have an issue with that too. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And that's what guys don't understand, man. We had double days. I had Jim Moore back in the day when it was the Dome Patrol and Ooh. Ricky Jackson, Pat Swill, and Von Dunbar and Sam Mills. And those guys were hitting me every day, twice a day. And you made guys got tough. Your skin got tough really, really quick because you were going double days, freaking, you know, two hours in between, three hours in between practices. It was no, it was not for the week. And just now, just like listening to you and talking about how these guys are only going once and they took four or five days from even to get in pads and just how they're ramping up. I, I guess the game's changed for the, you know, I don't know for the better, but I think from a standpoint of just guys being more healthier and being more fresh, I without a doubt the way you laid that out. But how do you think teams, how, how do you think guys really have the true opportunity to compete for a job if you don't get to see them? a lot in double days or getting to see them really practice and see how mentally tough they are. And it's not just mentally tough. Can your body withstand the 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 long, grueling days? Because I remember, I mean, I was out there. Well, I was out there at the back end of like when the, the charges were allowed to do still two a days. And it was like these guys would go practice at 9 a.m. from a 9 a.m. to 11 and then at two o'clock, you're back at it for two to four and both days you're in pads and you're full on tackling. So I definitely think it's changed. They say that it's helped with injuries, but I really I don't know. I, I, I thought your generation was a little bit more durable. I felt like you guys played through a lot more or maybe we didn't hear you guys were a lot quieter about the injuries. I don't know what it was about, but I just feel like there's a lot more injuries now and especially the superstars. I mean, you see guys like Odell Beckham Jr. go down, you see uh, other guys go down with injuries and you're kind of like, whoa, like it's kind of like the whole NBA thing. Like Michael Jordan barely took games off. Uh, Kobe Bryant barely missed. And so a lot of these superstars from the like the past era barely miss any game. Shaq barely missed. And now it's like these guys are missing a lot of time and you're kind of wondering what 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 the biggest difference is between the past generation right. and this one. Well, I think a lot of it is mindset. I think that Fernando would stop mm -hmm. right there for a second and kind of chop yeah. it up. I think a lot of it is the mindset and the guys just knowing that you had to be out there for your team. And now it's just this, you know, that we're in a we're in a time where even now and just in the world we live in, I think not just football, but sports are, are taking a back seat. They're, you know, we're we're more passive. We're more passive in sports. We're not as dominant as we used to be. And, and I think a lot of it too that you do might get injuries because you, you don't got that racehorse and ain't racing and it goes out there every once in a while and goes and it's hard sometimes because now you got your body in tough situations that you haven't necessarily been in and you're only getting that in a game so i think that's what those double days and a lot of those different practices and a lot of that do 
those different stresses, they put you in a tough situation where I think made guys more durable and more pliable because of the fact they were used to it. And usually first weekend in season, you see last year, a lot of injuries because teams say we don't want to hurt. We don't want to hurt. So you protect them. So sometimes it can get them in the belt. Yeah, I know. Definitely. It's, it, the the most interesting part about the whole thing is um is I wonder how today's generation would deal with all that because I mean you know players are a lot more vocal the leagues are a lot more lenient towards the players so I I wonder what what would have happened with your generation like if you and LT got a little bit more rest if uh if guys like Jamal Williams got to rest a little bit more I wonder how all that uh, went uh, sure uh, so quick question for you lorenzo i don't remember a lot about the like what i remember about that era is obviously you guys being tough aggressive and everything but how was it back like would you guys show up already in shape to training camp or did some guys show up out of shape and they would take training camp to kind of get back into shape how how do you remember that that being yeah in a lot of in the early part of my career some guys when i was with the saints they would work out and get in shape at camp they would use camp to get in shape but you know most of the time, so you got to realize I was a 90s guy in the 2000s. You know what? Guys came in in shape. Guys were doing the hyperbaric chamber. Guys were still coming in and doing, you know, the different trainings and doing a bunch of different things because of the fact they wanted to make sure that they have longevity. So a lot of guys uh, always came in in shape for the majority of my career because it's tough. It's tough. You know, the guys are trying to replace you. So I, I think that a lot of the guys would have fared well, even if we were playing now, because of the fact we did come in and shape, the biggest thing to me, though, is just being vocal. And I have nothing wrong with being vocal. I have nothing wrong yeah. with having guys being able to express themselves. I get it. But I think that sometimes, though, too, you're losing some of the moral fabrics of the game. You're using some of the moral fabrics of just the world that we live in because of the fact that, say, I can just go, okay, I'm not happy. I'm out. I'm not, things aren't going, I'm going another place. So, yes, you still root for your team, but it, you used to root for those players. And now it's getting harder and harder, I think, necessarily to have that attachment, that have that attachment with players. You still now just got to say, man, I got to be just a fan of that team because with free agency and the way things work now, with players can just, you know, stand up and say, look, I want out, get me out of here. And coaches usually in front offices, because of the, the, this movement, uh, they're usually catered to the players now. Yeah, no, I, I definitely uh, agree with that. But, I mean, but I mean, you guys kind of changed the era and you guys helped these guys now come into their new generation. Um, it, and it's it, good. And, it, and it's yeah, good in a way. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's all bad because I think that it is good. But also, I do believe that guys have to go ahead and be able to endure. You yeah. got to be able to endure sometimes because tough times don't last. Tough people do. You got to be able to go through some of the tough times and be able to bounce through that and find yourself. Find that common ground that you can say, man, even though I wasn't happy at certain teams, I found a way to show that I can get through it, show that I can still play and still persevere through tough times. Speaking of tough times, there's a there's there, there's a, there's a player, Bosa, that I think everyone loves and everyone knows what the hell he is for this charge organization and what he brings to the table. But there's a new kid on the block, an offensive tackle that you and I are very high on. Yeah. I haven't been there. Why don't you tell me, have you seen those two hook horns up a little bit? Man, let me tell you about Rashawn Slater. 
You told me, I remember you told me he's a bull. He's a bull. Like, that's the kind of player you want. Lorenzo, let me tell you something about him real quick. Did you know that in three years on the varsity high school football team, he lo- he only won six games in wow. Houston? Only won six games. Six games. They said it was hard for him to get recruited, that it was a miracle that he made it to Northwestern. It's it's incredible to see uh, the journey of Rashawn Slater, but first Northwestern player taken in the first round, it, it's incredible. Um, but now, going back to him, so first day of pads uh, was Monday, like I said, and they had a one-on-ones. So I walk over there, and I'm watching the one-on-ones, and, I, and I'm like, okay, here we go. He goes up against Uchenna Nwosu. Uchenna, he's able to grab Uchenna and he stops him. And you're like, okay, like, yeah, okay. Goes up against Kyle Fra- uh, Kyler Frackle, who's a guy who might be pushing for that other outside linebacker role. Right, right. So in the initial, Kyler gets past him with speed. But uh, Rashawn's able to recover good enough to where he's able to grab him, shove him out of the way so he's not able to touch the quarterback. And I'm like, okay uh, all right okay like right, yeah okay right. Uchen- it goes up against uchenna again grabs him kind of picks him up and not picks him up but like he's able to just grab him and stop him and Quick i'm say, like yeah all right yeah, yeah yeah so i'm like okay now it's joey bosa so i'm no. like this this is king kong well, against godzilla right set now the tone like, for me baby set oh the tone. my Was god people were all eyes focused there oh yeah people, oh yeah were everyone looking like all right here they go so like is this what everyone wanted to see so like the, the head coach, be, the, the beat the writers head, head down there was the head coach watching this one Ooh, yeah, oh no around, yeah baby. no no brandon saley so brandon saley kind of he he kind of he was at the defense he walks over to kind of see the beat writers and I look at each other and we're like, oh crap, here we go. Like, this is, this is going to be interesting. So Joey, like Joe, uh, they snap the ball. He grabs Joey. He's able to like kind of hold him. Joey kind of pushes him back a little bit, but he's able to hold his ground and they just like, they're both holding onto each other. And yeah, they stopped the play right there. And I was like, wow, like you just wow. went up against probably a top. No, I, and I'll say it a top three pass rusher. And you just literally stopped them. And I'm like, wow, this is going to, that's going to be something to keep an eye on did that battle. Again? Did they do it again? Did no, they, they did again? not. They okay. did not. It was just, but oh, yeah, wow. it was just, but Hey, maybe, maybe you'll be the good luck charm. Maybe if you come out, they'll, they'll, they'll do it again. And I know you're going to, that's where you're going to want to be. That's where you're going to want to be. Absolutely. It's great to see a young kid though, fresh, from you know, rookie and come into the league and going against a superstar, Joey Bosa, one of the better defensive pass rushers in the game, bar none. And to see him go through all those and make sure that he's doing that and the, the lights don't get too big, the candles don't, you know, he's not, not afraid, doesn't get, you know, stage fright. I think that you got the best tackle. I really believe the Chargers got the best tackle in this draft. And I believe, you listen here, we're saying this now, barring injuries, this guy plays 10 years, he'll be an HOF, a Hall of Famer. He's got that type of body. He's that type. He's strong. He's long. He's got the big hips, wide center gravity, and the guy is physical i like what he's going to bring to the table and this guy's going to be a mauler a road grader and i like that and the chargers got a great steal they got this guy and i think you're going to have a guy that's going to protect a guy that we love and you know herbert who everyone thinks the world of he's going to guy that's to protect him and i think that's be that should be chargers fans should be very very elated about that you know what speaking of that uh some other bit of news that came out about the chargers um yesterday was that they have exceeded their expectations for season tickets um, yes. in Los yes. Angeles. So they took the last 20 years in San Diego and they said that they sold about 45, they averaged 45, around 45,000 a year. 
So supposedly they've exceeded those expectations. We were told that yesterday. Uh, they they if they've exceeded expectations and that um, they're very excited about what they've how they've been doing with all kinds of tickets for uh, this season at uh, SoFi Stadium. So, and I think that, a lot of the, and I Justin think a lot Herbert of the, effect. Yes, I think a lot of the Justin Herbert effect, but also I think that a lot of this is the Chargers, the faithful in San Diego are starting to come back. I yeah. think got a huge amount of people in San Diego that saying, you know what, I, I I can I can bury the hatchet now. I'm ready to move on. And get behind this team because this team's gonna be pretty exciting. How much of that do you think is back factoring the ticket? It's funny that you mentioned that, Lorenzo, all the fans in San Diego and everything, because Keenan Allen recently came back down to San Diego and he had his camp at Torrey Pines High School in Del Mar. And I showed up and I was pleasantly surprised. The line was around the football field. It was like a it was a football game. Uh, a high school football game and i was like whoa so i pulled a couple of fans aside and i asked them like oh like what's the reason that you're here they're like well i want my kid to get uh to practice with keenan and everything but i'm here to see my charger player and i'm like oh you're still you're still a charger fan they're like oh yeah they're like don't listen to the media down here don't listen to all these people saying oh charger fans in san diego hate the Chargers." no we're still here we're loud and we're proud and i was like oh wow okay and so they were telling me that they're still they still love their charges they're going to be making the trip up um, I think they're going to have a significant, um, a significant amount of traffic heading up to Los Angeles from San Diego. The only thing is, um, my, my thing is, is that awesome. I feel like the Chargers should reach out a little bit more to San Diego and kind of be like, hey, I know that there's fans that are still angry, but it's been five years. I think they should really reach out and and, and do something with the community down here and really try and reach back out just because it's been five years. Yeah, you're still going to get your haters, whatever. Get, try and reach to the community that still loves you, the community that loves Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, but still love the history of Lorenzo Neal, Junior Seout, Ladanian Tomlinson, Philip Rivers, all that. So I definitely, um, I definitely think the Chargers should try and reach out more to the community in San Diego. But there's fans down here, Lorenzo, and and it seems like they're they're ready for uh, this season with the Chargers. They're ready to go up to SoFi, and they're ready to cheer on the Chargers uh, through their first 17 game season at SoFi Stadium. Well, I can't get together, but and talk to, you know, you know, the general hosts and different people there and say, hey, look, let's have that liaison down there in San Diego and, and really try to build that community and try to get those fans back. So I think there's a lot of things that you and I should probably try to get down there and, and have some different things to, to get that, that that spark back in San Diego. But you definitely should reach out. I'm just excited that the fans, the ticket sales are up. I'm excited about this, this upcoming year. And I know we'd be remiss if we really didn't talk about it a lot. I know we talked about a little bit of defense. I know the show's getting ready to wrap up. But let's talk about the Golden Child. Let's talk about what's going to make this team go. If this team's going to be successful, you know who it's going to start with. You know who it's going to end with. A guy that you've been excited about, and that's Justin Herbert. How does he look in his second year? Because a lot of guys say a lot of sophomore-itis, a lot of guys struggle in their second year because early they can just let it loose, but now they, and they got lucky, but now it's that second year where you got to know what you're doing, got to be a lot more buttoned up. How do you feel the young Justin Herbert is doing in his second year under him? Well, so far, I mean, he he has had some some plays where you're like, ah, okay, like it's just, it's just the defense uh, playing well. There's no pads on. Um, stuff like that, but I, I really do think that Justin's going to take that next step this year. Um, it, it, it just been like he, he, anytime he looks for Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's wide open, so that's just incredible. Uh, he's been trying to spread the ball around, he really likes finding his tight ends 
in uh, Jared Cook, a veteran, and and uh, Donald Parham. So he really looks to spread the ball around. He he's growing uh, a connection with, like I said, that third round rookie uh, Josh Palmer. He's a guy that really has stepped up recently with some of the injuries that have happened to Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton. So Justin's really spreading the ball around. He's looking for different guys. I think. I mean, during practice, practice is one thing, but I think when the game, when the lights are on, that's when Justin's going to shine. First week, they get Washington, obviously, in Washington, so that that'll be very interesting. But I'm I'm really interested to see the way he he the way the Chargers are going to use him during uh, preseason. In my opinion, I wouldn't even risk him. Maybe let him get that game against the 49ers in the middle. Let him go for two drives and let him get um, let him get a little bit of game uh, in him. But other than that, he doesn't need it. Last year, you saw what he did without preseason games. They had no preseason games, and he was able to play. He was able to play so well. Maybe he doesn't need the preseason games. I know he's in a new offense and everything, but and it's a little bit more of a complex offense. But I really do think that the Chargers should try not to really. Uh, really put him out there for anything. I think they should really button it down, maybe not play him at all during preseason and just let him go into the season. I mean, honestly, I just because he is the future of this team, he is the leader of this team, and he really he's more vocal this year, Lorenzo. I've been noticing wow. him go up, talk to the receivers, talk to the offensive line. He's very very he's been very vocal. He's been trying to help the young guys out after practice. He stays and he works out with some of the guys that are maybe on the maybe in the lower tier, maybe in the third team, fourth team. And he's also Lorenzo signed autographs for fans like five days in a row. He went signed autographs uh, through footballs. He he's really trying to become one with the community that really loved him in a year where COVID happened and they couldn't even see him play live. So it's incredible the way the fans and Justin have really come together and the way they've shown each other love in a year where obviously they weren't able to physically in person, but the fans love him. The fans are chanting for him every time he comes by them or he makes a good play. All you hear is MVP. MVP. So wow. it's it's really it's really great to see. Wow. With that being said, when you see him the way that he's throwing the ball, and you said that he loves his tight end, there's a guy to Cook. You mentioned Cook, who's a veteran yeah. guy, has been around the league for a while. Uh, is he a guy that can play, or is, can he block? Because you know what he can do in the passing game. Is he does he still got the wheels? But what liabilities does he bring that you know that that the Chargers are going to say, man, we can't use him? What in your in your opinion? No, I, I think he can block. He puts his body in there. He tries to do as much as he can. Um, obviously, he's not like a blocker like George Kittle or or Travis Kelsey or one of these guys, but but he does as much as he can, and I actually don't think he's a bad blocker. Um, the Chargers have also been doing um, – they've also been throwing Donald Parham in the mix. Uh, he's a 6'8 tight end who has a lot of speed. And uh, it was funny because Jared Cook talked about him this week, and he said, man, that guy's a mismatch. If you put him up against a linebacker, he's too fast. If you put him up against a, t uh, a safety, he's too big. So it's going to be interesting to see the way the Chargers use him this year, especially with a new coaching staff, because it seemed like last year uh, uh, the Chargers really didn't use him to hit the full extent of his potential. So it really will be interesting to see the way they use him this year. Uh, with the new coaching staff and, and kind of mixing and matching him because, like we said, Jared Cook is a veteran. They're going to want to use him in certain spots, and uh, they're going to want to use a little bit more of a rotation so that Jared doesn't play all those snaps like Hunter Henry did. Yeah, I can't wait for Nando to watch the tight ends because we know every great quarterback usually has a tight end. And you look at from Peyton Manning to Tom Brady, you look at, you look at what Kansas City, you look at the Niners, even though they don't have necessarily a great quarterback, but they have a tight end. So it's going to be interesting to see just how Herbert 
how much safety blankets they will be for him. I'm looking forward to seeing just his decision-making. And I'm a little bit, you know, on the other side, I think that you do have a quarterback that you know is your future. I know you don't want to get him hurt, but I think that he's still a work in progress, meaning that he's a rookie still, you know, till you get to third, third game in and he's got a new offensive system in here. So I don't know if the Chargers, if they really want to make a push and try to go to the playoffs, you can't you can't afford to drop early games because of mistakes or turnovers or not being on the same page. So I would be shocked if if Herbert didn't play and the whole starters, if you didn't see him play a whole half, you know, the second preseason game. I'd be surprised if you didn't see him play the first series or get at least the first drive or maybe even the first quarter in the first game. Because I think when you have a young quarterback like that and also in a new system, I think that he's going to have to get out there and see some of these different looks because of the fact there's new offense, new, you know, new offense, and he's in this offense and he's only a second-year player. So I think that you are going to see young Herbert play more than just a, 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 a quarter. And that's why I'm not a. And that's why I'm not a coach, Lorenzo. Because if it was up to me, I'd, pro- I'd probably protect him all like, the way. No, <laughs> yeah. you're not playing. You can't go out there. But I, I think that you have to be smart. So, I, yeah. but I do understand what you're saying. You got to be smart with him, so you protect him. Maybe the first game you play, you know, a couple series, one or two series. Then you know, second game maybe a quarter. Third game, okay, I'm playing him at least. I'm playing in the first first quarter, maybe the first and second quarter, and then yeah. come out for one drive in the third quarter, just one drive, and then I'm putting him on the shelf and not play at all in the fourth season preseason game. But he does need to get his timing. The guy is still, you know, in his first year, you know, going into a second year, and now I could see if, if you didn't have a new offense, I'd say, okay, the same offense is okay, but you're going to need the timing of this new offense and some of the verbiage and different guys getting guys lined up understanding what they do well in game situation. Some guys are great practice players, but they're not great gamers. Some guys are great uh, uh, gamers, but not great practice players. So I think that that's going to have to, they're going to have to work that out. So it's going to be interesting just to see how the coaching staff and go about the preseason in general. Yeah, I know it's going to be a lot of fun, Lorenzo. And I mean, like I said, we're only seven practices into training camp, but there's a lot more left, a lot more preseason games left. It's going to be a lot. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see you down here. Hopefully uh, pretty soon we'll be able to to uh, to hang out and uh, watch some of these practices together. I can't wait to hang out with you. Feelings mutual. Can't wait to hang out. Give you a big hug, brother. Give you the COVID fist pump. <laughs> you know, grab something to eat and get ready for some great preseason games. Looking forward to the show again next week. I appreciate it, Lorenzo. Everybody have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend, and we'll definitely be back with some more content coming soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.